Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. So here we are, another fabulous opportunity for us to get in front of a computer together in the same room again. Yay! Yes, I was at a conference in Wisconsin, which is only two hours from you, so I was like, you know, I don't like to drive at night, and you have several spare beds. I so do. I do. That is a true story. Uh, so yeah, so she's uh, so Amanda is crashing here uh, just for last night, and she's actually heading out the door uh, probably pretty quickly after we finish recording because uh, you definitely have to get on the road uh, to make sure you get home um, to see the to see the babes see and fam, the hubby and my dog, the pups, yeah, all the dishes that are probably waiting for me. Definitely dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and laundry and laundry and and work how many emails you got April? actually i do know so camp doesn't really let you in and so when i got into your wi-fi 46 oh well, 46 emails and four teams messages you know that's not awful yeah. for the length of time yeah several days so 46 is doable well we are still in the book of first john the letter of first john and so last week we covered uh, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Mm -hmm. And so this week we're going to pick up at John chapter 3, verse 11. And we're going to read uh, to the end of the chapter and just see where see where it takes us. So I read last time. All right. So mm -hmm. This is uh, from NIV. This looks like you stole this from a pew. I did not steal it from a pew. It was given to me. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, tomato, tomato. Not really. Okay, anyway, chapter 3, verse 11, First John. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who murdered the, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love our brothers, anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, do not let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This is, sorry, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest for his, in his presence. Whatever our hearts condemn. Yeah, no, whenever our hearts condemn us for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his, the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he, and he in them. This is how we know that he, gave, that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. All right. Sorry, that was a little rougher than I meant it to be. That's, it happens. This is real, friends. We don't <laughs> practice ahead of time. We literally just hit record and we go. Yep. 
And so this is, this is what happens sometimes. And so don't, it's, it's just how life works. But, uh, I, I love this section for a couple reasons. One, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, is because we love with actions and truth. I love that. Mm. Uh, verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Cause you can say a lot of things that mean absolutely nothing by what your follow-up actions after those words are. Well, I think that's the whole, I mean, you know, we're in Salvation Army context. That's like our whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah. To uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination, right? It's, yeah. you know, William Booth saying, what good is it to tell someone, you know, oh, God loves you. Sorry, you're starving to death and cold on the street, you know, right. <laughs> if we have the means and care to do something about it. Right. We ought to. Also, for those of you who might not be familiar with scripture, uh, Cain, although, you know, I feel like even if you're not super familiar with the Bible, you probably know the story. Many people probably know the story of Cain and Abel. <laughs> and they were the, the first children of Adam and Eve, and Cain killed Abel. And it's interesting that John harkens back to that very mm-hmm. first murder, that very first uh, having that hatred in the heart well, kind of a th- And that mentality. was hatred, right? Jealousy. Yep. He was jealous. He was, well, had held, held hatred, held evil in his heart. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even if we don't get to the point of murder, what does he say? He says, if you hold hatred for a brother or sister, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, translation is is an older NIV, so it's got just brother, but mm-hmm. that Greek word uh, means sibling, means brother or sister. So ladies out there, don't think that we get a pass because it's just brothers. Um, but if you hold hatred in your heart, it's as though you murdered mm-hmm. someone. And I think we don't think of that very often because it's very easy for us to say, oh, that person hurt me or that person did that thing or that person said that thing. I can, I can hold them in contempt. I can hate them in my heart because after all, I'm justified in my actions because of what they did. And John is saying through the Holy Spirit, no, that's not how it works. Because honestly, what we've done in that logic pattern, our own actions would lead to God hating us. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so sometimes our logic, our justification, our kind of trying to explain it away ends up, if we took it, take it to its logical conclusion, mm-hmm. we're condemning ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that because it's really easy to, to say to condemn the other. Oh, yeah. Then to, to really take a look, good, long, hard look in the mirror right. and realize by my own words, I'm self-condemned if I were to treat that person in that way. Right. Yeah. I was talking to someone um, about Armageddon as one does. Yeah. It's come up in conversation while you've been here visiting. So <laughs> sure. why not? But you know uh, where scripture calls it the beautiful, terrible day, right? right. Beautiful. And that everything that is wrong will be righted. Mm-hmm. All injustices will cease. Everything will be made the way that like, cleansed by fire to the original design right beautiful wonderful we want that right we don't 
yeah. want all of the injustices that we see in the world to be happening. Um, right. Especially, you know, if you're in God, like it, it grieves the heart. It's also a terrible day because everything is made right. And if there is wickedness found in me, right, it, it's being dealt like it's the, the final dealing, right? Like there, there's no more second chances, no coming to plead anymore. No coming to say, well, give me another chance. It's done. And if you are not right with the Lord, if you have not placed, as it says, your belief in the name of Jesus Christ and love one another. Verse 23, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. and to love one another as he commanded us. Mm -hmm. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave right, us. Right. Because I think, you know, sometimes I, I, when I tell my congregation, you know, the, the, the bad rap that Christians get, there is reasons for it. Right. When people call the church hypocrites or, um, you know, judgmental or greedy, even there's reasons that that is out there. Right. Because they've seen it. It didn't just materialize out of nowhere. Or it's not made up. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a real, true accusation to the church. Right. The church is filled with hypocrites. I am, I am a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. In the context of hypocrite being saying one thing and doing another. Because the hypocrite word just comes from Greek of actor. Like right. someone who puts on a mask. Yeah. But he's saying, so it... It's not, you have to be in Christ in order to do this, right? Our, and we talked about this, right? The carnality of humanity. We were talking about that earlier today um, together. Um, but, but in our own default setting, right? We choose selfishness. We choose hypocrisy. We choose, you know, all of the things, self-preservation, whatever. Um, it does take a work of the Holy Spirit to make us something other than we are. Mm-hmm. Which is good, right? Because humans are not good on their own, right? right? I just talked about this on Sunday, and I gave an illustration of a screaming toddler in a grocery store. Like, that is the face of um, of, of carnal human nature. Right. Give me what I want. Give it to me now. I will make your life uncomfortable until mine is comforted. <laughs> right. Kind of thing. And we, we act like toddlers having a tantrum. We tone down the physicality, but we go there. I don't know how many conversations I have with people um, who who are angry about a, a situation in their life that often they're the cause of. Yeah. But it, you have to step outside, right? Correct. You have to back up, see the picture bigger. But but I do the same thing. And it's it's somewhat disheartening for me, mm-hmm. actually, to, to take that step back mm-hmm. and say, Oh man, that was all me in the first place. What was but, I doing? But that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It it and is. it's a gift. It sucks. And it's not but it's a gift but it's a gift. The gift to see it. Yes. Yes. And to then do something about it. To surrender to the Holy Spirit's guidance to say, yeah. I don't have to be that way. This isn't not this is not a requirement. I don't have to walk that path. Right. Um, and this is how we know when we're when we're more in Christ, right? And we're just following where He is. Mm-hmm. 
um, this stuff becomes doable, right? But it's not enough just to be in Christ if you're not, you know, listening to him, right? right? Like I could be married to my husband, but if I don't ever take his advice or give him respect or like we might, we end up just being roommates in the same house that right. share the same last name, right? It's not a partnership. And sometimes we claim the name of Christ, but we don't actually live or act out like we're with him. Right. And I was recently reminded, so I'm going, I'm, I'm teaching a, a doctrine class at my core, which I know you are as well. And um, usually as part of my doctrine class, we end up sharing um, what's known as William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army's vision for the lost. So I know that you are familiar with this, right? With mm -hmm. the, so, but essentially the, the vision of the lost, and I'll try to surmise it as best I can, but William Booth. Um, had a dream or a vision um, of this great giant sea, right? And the sea is um, raging and all of these people are drowning, okay? And in the middle of this picture is this island. And on the island are people who have been saved by the sea, from the sea, but they are just essentially oblivious to the sea around them. So they're just, you know, going to work and having their families and having a picnic um, where inches away from them are these drowning men and women. Mm -hmm. Now there's some people that are like going out from docks or, or trying to fish people from the shore to up, but the vast majority of them are doing their own thing. Even more interesting on this Island is a big mountain and um, people are turned towards the mountain um, and they're, they're essentially the mountain is they look at the mountain like their savior. Right. And so they're asking the mountain to make them feel safer on this Island to feel more secure on the Island to, um, you know, be happier on the Island to have more comfort on the Island. But meanwhile, the true savior is, is out in the water, this great being from the mountain that is out pulling men and women from the trenches and all these people on the mountain or, or on the, on the Island are saying divine being come to us and make us feel better over here. Right. Where the being on the water, which is Christ, right. Is saying, come to me and help. Yeah. Right. Right. This is where I am. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And, and it's a, just a beautiful picture. I think of what can happen sometimes after we've been saved. And we kind of forget where Jesus still is. Right. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it's easy to forget where we started. We started drowning. Like Jesus found us in yeah. the water. Yeah. He found us in the sea drowning, saved us, brings us to the island. And we forget that we were at one time yeah. drowning. Or we even worse is like looking off the side and saying, oh, why don't they get it together? <laughs> you know. Right. But he's saying, Do you do you want do you, do you want that peace that comes with Jesus, right? To know that um how to live in him is to be where he is. Mm -hmm. Which is that, you know, um verse sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, pulled us, right, came down from heaven to the place where we are in death mm -hmm. and pulling us out of that, 
and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers, right? Mm -hmm. How do we know that we love him? Don't let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions mm -hmm. and truth. You know, I can tell my children I love them, right? But if I don't hug them or encourage them or feed them, <laughs> you know, right. uh, my words be lose their meaning. Correct. And verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Yeah. It's William Booth's mission right there. But also, it's one thing to, I, I, will, I will say that, friends, I tend to be a very skeptical, cynical at times person. So when it comes to helping someone in need, my go-to is cynicism. So, well, what are they going to do with what are they going to do with the help? What are they going to do with, you know, what we give them? And I'll tell you this, because sometimes the role is hard because we have a lot of, you know, in the Salvation Army, we are inundated all the time with people who need things, people have requests. And there's a fine line between helping someone who's hurting, helping someone who's in a difficult situation and crossing that line into enabling them to live a life where they always get taken care of. Mm, right. Yeah. And friends, I can tell you from personal experience, it can be difficult uh, for me, just my personality, how I grew up, all of those, all of the factors that go into making you, you or me, me is, I am skeptical about people's stories. So I've had to learn and surrender to the Holy Spirit in moments to have empathy, to have compassion, those fruits of the Spirit that we've talked about in the past, the goodness, faithfulness, self-control, but also compassion mm -hmm. and empathy and kindness and saying, you know what? I can only do what God has asked me to do and whatever they do with the with it, is on them. They make their own choices. There's a book I read um, that I can't remember the author, but the, but the name of the book is When Helping Hurts. Yes. I've, I mean, you might be familiar with it. Um, and I think the defining nature of knowing if your care is going to hurt, help or hurt is relationship. Absolutely. And I think that's where love comes from. Because if I just give someone a loaf of bread, but I don't care about who they are as a person, mm -hmm. that's not helping. Right. I mean, it might in the very short term, very right, short term, yep. um, like give them something to fill their belly, but it has to go more, right? That's why we need this in tandem, right? Because you can definitely get to over just doing good works, but good works without the Holy Spirit's like filthy rags, right? It's nothing. What does it do? It's not worth anything. Um, but I can't truly be a friend if I don't care for your needs. And so this, I think all of the kingdom is just about relationship and Certainly. and how do i know what will help or hinder if i know them right right there's a guy that comes in um that i'm getting to know i've only been there a few months mm -hmm. but i know if i just pay his bill i have not helped him right he's come in like three times mm -hmm. and so we are figuring out what do you actually need what's behind it what's behind it um, well, it turns out he has a gambling addiction, mm -hmm. which is, but I did that. That's not a first conversation kind of a thing. Right. right. 
And so saying, okay, let's now that we know that, and thank you for trusting me in relationship with that. Um, and I'm not judging you. I get it. There's yeah. right. So let's deal with that, which yeah. is actually going to help. Cause if I just continue to pay your electric bill, it's going to free up all kinds of money for you to continue to gamble away. And it doesn't help you. Right. Right. Um, but I wouldn't know that if we didn't take the time to sit in that, um, you know, three, this would, this I don't think came in, out until the sixth or seventh meeting. Yeah. You know, I believe that. Um, so taking the time, so that relationship to figure out what do we need? What are the resources, you know, because if I just say, no, you're cut off, you've been here too much too. Like, correct. Then it didn't help either. Right. There's a, a beautiful thing when the church, not a charity, not a nonprofit, the church, the, mm. the bride of Christ can come alongside fellow believers, fellow human beings, whether they're a believer or not, and have relationship, have community, and meet each other's needs, as scripture repeatedly mm -hmm. tells us to do. Bear each other's burdens, help each other out. They will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the only way you know is if you know them. Yeah. And often the request is, is the symptom. Yeah. And so you can solve, you can, you can take care of that symptom, but if you don't take care of the cause of the symptom, then it's, you're usually doing more harm than good especially long-term. As you said, with his, that gentleman, mm -hmm. you continue to pay his bills. He'll just keep gambling. Mm -hmm. So let's see if we can't get you some, some gambling addiction mm -hmm. help, right? Or someone who, you know, I think of the medical field, right? Somebody keeps coming in with fill in the blank. I don't know. Sniffles, mm -hmm. right? Congestion in their nose. And then they dig down and they realize, oh, it's allergies from the mold that's in their house. Right. Well, you can keep treating the sniffles all you want, but if you don't take care of the mold in the house, it's not going to solve the, the problem long term. And we have spiritual issues that can can go in that direction, too, where, you know, maybe you have a sin issue in your life and you keep treating, if you will, the sin issue mm -hmm. by filling the fill in the blank. I mean, we we use lots of methods to avoid sin, right? We yeah keep ourselves busy doing good things or we, you know, we talk to people when we're tempted, but if we don't get at the root causes of why am I tempted in the first place? Where is this coming from? What hole am I trying to fill or what trigger did I have? That's going to lead me down this path. Those are when you start working on those things in cooperation with the Holy spirit, you can start digging into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, who's going to solve those underlying issues. Which I think, I think that was it last week that we were talking about, oh gosh, no, I'm, I started it and my brain lost it. It doesn't, um, it's all good. No, like where, oh, no. Fly <laughs> away. Uh, like where we try to fill with other things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah like, um, might've been last week. Well, one of the podcasts in the past. Yeah. But this, this kind of, um, like a, like almost like a vitamin deficiency that mm -hmm. needs to be done with God, but we are bringing 
other things, yeah, you know, into it. That wasn't exactly what it was. No, definitely not. But, but I think of it in the sense of this is going to sound weird, but it just made me think of like I'm I'm hungry, let's say, mm-hmm. and instead of eating a good balanced meal, I have a soda that has 350 calories. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got calories. My body's like, okay, well, I guess I'll try to do something with this. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not good calories, and they're going to burn out super mm-hmm. fast, and I'm going to be way hungrier on the back end in addition to crashing from usually if, you know, if I'm drinking soda, soda, it's got caffeine in it and copious amounts of sugar. And so it is, in fact, probably worse than not having eaten anything at all. Mm-hmm. But I, but your body is like, I need something. So I'm going to, I'm going to latch onto this thing that tastes good in the moment, because let's be honest, I love my sugary soda beverages. It's a thing. And it's funny because my entire life I've gone from like, I'll have years of not drinking a single soda. And then all of a sudden, like one day I'll just start drinking and then I'll have soda like all the time. Right. And then one day I'll just be like, nope, I'm going to stop doing that and then stop. But the same thing can happen with sin in our lives. The same thing can happen with struggles of a spiritual nature, just the same as a physical nature. Right. Well, so, and like on a personal note, which, you know, and I've shared a little bit on this, you know, but I have, you know, uh, things in my past that lead to feeling abandonment, essentially issues. And that manifests in my life two different ways. One, I will be a staunch island and I don't need anybody. And I'm just, you know, brooding in the corner with some black eyeliner maybe on and just being extra in that way. Um, or I will overcompensate, right? And I'll just be like, everyone should like me. And I like become a super pushover, people pleaser. Um, and now that I'm in Christ, it doesn't mean I don't have those triggers, right? I do all the time, right? Of feeling um, like I need to earn my place in society or I need to withdraw from society completely. Mm-hmm. But because I have the Holy Spirit who is, um, you know, when my heart condemns me, right? God, who is greater than my heart, right? And he knows everything. He's there to, to say there's a better way, right? right? Be content that I am never going to leave you or forsake you. Right. Um, and I'm not people, mm-hmm. right? And and so you really are never alone. But it's still it's still there. Mm-hmm. And I and it's a and it's a thing I have to train myself to say, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Right. But it's, I think when we're growing in Christ, it doesn't mean that it's not there. It means I'm now equipped with truth, mm. right? I'm now equipped with truth to combat the lies that are, that come against, right? And I'm, and, and as I'm, as I grow in Christ, it does get a little easier. I'm not, yeah, I'm not where I was at 20 with that, right? Right. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's, it's gone. Right. Work in progress. Yeah. But, uh, but I do, ha- I am growing in the equipment of Christ, right, mm-hmm. um, for that. Well, that reminds me, so you said, you know, accepting that truth. And so I'm doing a study on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And, and the first thing in the armor of God is the belt mm-hmm. of truth. And the belt of truth keeps your pants up, right? It, Praise the Lord. It, um, you can't go into battle with your pants down. Well, yeah, it protects your most vulnerable spaces, right? Correct. And it for so so mind you too, Paul is writing about in Ephesians chapter six, if you want to know where the armor of God is, in the first century AD where they didn't wear pants. Right. So it's they the wore belt robes. is like long. I mean it's 
well, it's it's wider than we have belts yeah. today. But it really was just to keep your clothing close to you so mm-hmm. that you could then don the rest of the armor, mm-hmm. right? Because if your clothes were getting in the way, you wouldn't be able to put on the breastplate. You wouldn't be able to, like, your clothes would just get in the way, those those things about you. and But truth is the thing that kind of, if you will, holds it all together mm-hmm. and allows us, if we know the truth of God, the truth can set us free, as John says in his gospel. But it can help us especially work through the lies of the evil one, right? Uh, again, armor of God language. <laughs> but Satan desires us to fall off the, the rails, as it were, to go to the wide road. Um, yesterday I was teaching in our socialship class on, you know, the continuance in a state of salvation, a continuance in obedience in Jesus. And how Jesus talks about the narrow road and the wide road Mm -hmm. and how you can, the narrow road is hard and lots of people don't end up on it because the wide road is easy and Satan wants us on the wide road leading to leading to the leading. And that just made, that just made me think about when he's saying, don't be surprised when the world hates you or or life gets difficult. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes Christians will try to choose the nicer looking road. Because they think the other thing is spiritual attack. Yes. When it isn't. Right. It's actually growing and strengthening. I know so many people, Christians, who say, oh, if it's hard, it's not of God. <laughs> yeah. You have not read the Bible, sunshine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Cha- chapter and verse. Chapter and verse, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where is that? Well, one of the things I, I talked about yesterday, too, was the necessity for all Christians to be biblically biblically literate. Mm-hmm. You, the thing. We we had this in the church history. If you go back in church history through the decades, through the centuries, you had periods of time where people couldn't read, just straight up couldn't read. And the church would teach them a whole slew of weird stuff mm-hmm. because no one knew any better because you didn't have the text of scripture, which we do now. And we have it in hundreds and hundreds, thousands of languages. And we're still working on people groups that don't have the Bible in their home language, their you know their heart language. But the thing is, it doesn't do you any good if your Bible sits on your shelf. And if you're trying to get on the Internet or listening to podcasts, even this one, or sermons at church on Sunday or on Facebook, church live, whatever. If you're not in the scriptures, you're not going to know truth from falsehood. Mm. You're not going to know if somebody's leading you astray, whether they're doing it on purpose or not. But if you know your scripture, if you know the word, if you're in the Bible, daily and you're reading the whole of scripture you can't just read the new testament you got to read the old testament Mm -hmm. then you're equipped to discern what you're hearing is truth or lie yeah so vitally important and if we say stuff friends that you think is just not true call us out on it for sure (laughs) but also be ready with scripture verse (laughs) Because, again, people, uh, you can say a lot of things, you know, God helps those who help themselves, not actually in the Bible. Um, There's a lot of things that people misquote uh, that they think is in scripture because they've been brought up, you know, church adjacent. And they think that's one of the hallmarks of cults is the first thing they do is they get control of of whatever their word is. And only certain people have access to it. But, you know. Well, because when you have, when you control 
the information, when you control what they can and cannot have as far as knowledge, it's easy to manipulate people. Mm -hmm. But if we read scripture on our own, we're less easily manipulated. Now, that's not to say scripture isn't is is a nice easy book to to read. There are parts that are hard, there are parts that are confusing. There are parts that um require some some work and some study, some maybe going to look at some scholars and but also not just one, you know, yeah. but a plethora of Bible translations. Understand that the Bibles that we hold in English today are translations from from Greek and Hebrew. Uh, and I heard uh, when we were in, in the seminary, uh, you know, they said, I asked, well, how do you know if a commentary is a good commentary? Right. And they said, look for teams of three or more. Right. The more eyes have been on it, the better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be, I, I always, I always get a little nervous when it's one guy's yeah. opinion. Um, and things get propagated. It's it's very interesting in the commentary world where one commentator a hundred years ago said one thing and then that gets picked up by commentators later and no one goes and checks the first one to see if that was accurate. They just, oh, well, John Smith back in 1752 in writing the very first commentary on Galatians. I'm making this up, friends. Don't go looking for a John <laughs> Smith commentary on Galatians. But wrote this thing. And so, oh, that must be right. So we're going to take it and we're going to put it into our commentary. And then that gets, and then it becomes kind of solidified by just repetition, but nobody actually went back and said, John Smith, are you even in the ballpark? So. Yeah. But the big thing for this is, <laughs> is this your final thought? Sure. It can be. Yeah. We're getting to that point. Yeah. Um, as you grow, grow in Christ, love follows. Yeah. Right. And um, and if we don't feel it in the moment, pray. Right. God yeah. equips us. You know, all those uh, fruits of the spirit um, that says uh, against them, there is no law. Mm -hmm. And I, what I, you know, and I said that I, I did say this last week, you know, I don't think if we're doing them correctly, they can be done wrong. Right. Um, but love is the first one. Right. Um, and it's a fruit of the spirit because it has to be cultivated by the gardener, mm -hmm. right? Which is Christ. And, and he teaches us how to do that in wisdom. Mm -hmm. And what I think about this is this is love and wisdom, mm -hmm. right? It isn't love for me to only ever tell my children good things about them and never correct any bad, right? right. That's not love. Right. Um, and it's not love to um, just give a person a piece of bread and be like, good luck. You know, or, and it's also not love to um, say, I hope your soul is well, but I'm sorry, you live in a house full of mold and we'll probably die soon, you know, be right. well. Um, right. So, so it's wisdom, right? It's love and wisdom, I think, working in tandem, but we can do it because we have Christ. Yeah. And he will give us that discerning nature yeah. if we take the time um, in relationship with him and relationship with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, faith comes first, but as we grow in the Lord, which we should be doing, which is a wonderful thing to do uh, as we cooperate. I always say cooperation with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Letting him do the hard work of sanctification, doing the hard work of cutting out the bad stuff. You know, I think of a wound. If you let it go without 
cleaning it properly. Mm. It's going to become infected. It's going to become gangrenous. If you wait too long, you're going to have to actually amputate the whole limb. But if you, but if you clean it out and it's hard, it's, it's painful to clean out wounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of when Cooper, Cooper's my dog. For those of you who might be joining us for the first time, I have a big black lab. Um, he had a cancerous tumor on his shoulder and the vet said, uh, if we get it all, then he's safe because this is a particular type of cancer in dogs that does not metastasize into the body. It just stays in its own tumor. However, if you miss one micron mm -hmm. of a cancer cell, I'm making up, I don't know terms, but um, it will grow back and it will grow back faster and it'll kill him. Mm. So part of the challenge with that tumor was they had to pull good tissue to a certain depth around the tumor to ensure that they got the entirety of the tumor. Mm. And I think that's sometimes what it looks like for us with the Holy Spirit is he's trying to get that tumor, if you will, of sin. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. But in so doing, he's going to, he's going to pull that out of us and make us new mm. and make us better and make us healthy. He's going to heal us through that process. And that cancer of sin, if you will, won't regrow. But it takes cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Read your Bible. Pray Read every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. And you'll grow. 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 <laughs> All right. Now that you had that entertaining, which we can do because we're in the same room. I just got to say that. If we're on Zoom, that doesn't work because the leg just is a little bit off. And so you can't do that. But anyway, that's a fabulous little Sunday school chorus we sing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. But truly, God wants us to grow in him. And he's going to help us with his Holy Spirit. So, friends, we love you. We're so glad that you were able to join us on this little podcast. And uh, if you ever have comments or questions, please send them our way. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And... Yeah. God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.